Hey everybody, welcome to episode 6 of Sea Dazed. Um, we just got off the Carnival Mardi Gras for a very, very, very short experience. Um, if you listened to last week's episode, Matt and Kimbra were getting married on board the Mardi Gras. And unfortunately, we weren't able to join them for the cruise, but they set it up so that people that could not go on the cruise could still go and attend the wedding. And, and Jen and I went to Coco Friday night, uh, met the family and friends for a pre-cruise dinner, and, and I was able to toast them on their uh, new num- num- nuptials. Nuptials, yes. I was close enough. <laughs> But it was a great evening. Oh, we also got to see uh, SpaceX launch right there in Port Canaveral. Uh, there was a mission to put out new uh, Internet satellites. So it was a great evening. But we have a, a, a topic tonight that I get a lot of questions about. And what that is, um, what we're going to discuss is travel destinations outside the mainland U.S. that do not require a passport. So... The first one, Jen, what is it? First one's going to be the U.S. Virgin Islands, which includes St. Croix, St. John's, and St. Thomas. Now, what you're going to notice here is that these locations are all U.S. territories um, or a state. One of them is a state. But every one of these are U.S. territories, um, meaning that they are... I won't say under the rule of the United States because most are not their countries, but uh, they they are U.S. territories, uh, and and you do not have to have a passport to go there. Um, so as she said, the U.S. Virgin Islands, uh, Saint Croix, Saint John's, and Saint Thomas, those locations are all around um, and east of of Puerto Rico. The best time that I would recommend traveling there would be December through May. You know, you're going to have you know, good weather, and it's not going to be real hot yet because anywhere in the Caribbean after May or June really can get hot. Uh, July, August, September, October, hot and humid. Um, so that's when it's best to travel there. Okay, what's next, Jim? The next is, I think I'm saying this correctly, Vieques Island. Yep, yep, that's that's real good. It's I, I hear a lot of people say Vieques or Vieques. Um, so I, I think it's all acceptable for all of us. Uh, that one, this one's a little bit unique too because it is about six miles southeast of Puerto Rico, excuse me, and it's part of the uh, Puerto Rican Commonwealth. And then since it's a territory of the U.S., it'd fall under the same, same thing. Uh, again, uh, March through June is a really good time to travel there. We've been there, uh, early in the year like that and we've been there in September and June would probably, you know, wouldn't be so hot and so humid. Yeah, I don't think I'd want to go like midsummer months. I think yeah. it'd be really hot and humid there, and and it's a really good destination to walk. Yeah. So if you really want to avoid the heat, if you plan on just doing walking to go see the forts. Well, that we're talking about Vieques. Oh, sorry, wrong one. Sorry, mm-hmm. I'm thinking you said Puerto Rico, so I just thought right. Puerto Rico. But <laughs> sorry. The next, the next one is Puerto Rico, yeah. and you know it's. They're so close. Vieques and Puerto Rico are so close. They're just, you know, under 10 miles away. Uh, but just so you know, Puerto Rico is located east of the Dominican Republic. And the time frame to travel would best would be May to June as well. Okay, what's next, Jen? Um, America Samoa. 
Right. The American Samoa is an unincorporated territory of the United States located in the South Pacific Ocean, southeast of the island country of Samoa. So they're related, uh, but, you know, the um, Samoa is a is a separate, uh, but uh, it, you know, South, South Pacific Ocean. Best times to travel are probably April through October. You have to be careful because of typhoon season. So anything late October or or later, you know, you could have some some foul weather. But early in the year, spring through that summertime for us, you know, that's a probably a good time to to travel there. Uh, the next is the Northern Mariana Islands. Right, right. The Northern Mariana Islands are U.S. Commonwealth in the Pacific Ocean, located east by southeast of the excuse me in the Hawaiian Islands. In the Philippine Sea, um, the best times that I would recommend to travel there are probably December through March. Probably a little, more, a little tighter window to travel there just because of the the locale and, and the weather. I was going to say that that's a very small window of good opportunity. You know, it is the Pacific, and you can travel any Pacific island because they're tropical, right? Right. But you have to be very, just like here uh, in Florida, going to the Caribbean, you have to be careful of hurricanes or typhoons. Uh, it's just where that is located in, in the, um, in the Pacific ocean, typhoons can really come up on pretty, pretty quickly. Okay. All right. The next one we have is Guam. Guam. I, I've been there one time on, um, on a training exercise when I was in the military. Uh, it's beautiful there. Uh, so Guam is located in Micronesia in the Western Pacific. Again, another kind of strict time to travel just because of being in in the Western Pacific, um, a little closer to Japan uh, and that part of the world. Uh, you want to travel there uh, January through May because that that locale can definitely have typhoons hit and be you know very very humid. Okay. Next one would be your favorite, Hawaii. Yes, and everybody that knows me knew I would add this, even though we all know it's a state. But right. Yeah. <laughs> but there are some people that still, I've had customers, honestly, that they don't really know. Um, Hawaii is, is special to me. Uh, I'm, I'm very, I really enjoy the culture of, of the Hawaiian people. Um, I love living there. Now, for me, in my opinion, the best time to travel um, is any time of the year, honestly. Uh, but the the least amount of rain is during March through September. What a lot of people don't know is that Hawaii is the only place in the world that it will rain every single day. Now, that is probably like um, Kauai, you know, the Garden Isle. The name, you know, the name speaks. Uh, of the beauty, but you got to think, okay, if I have a garden, what's the number one thing I need to do is water my garden, whether it be flowers, fruit, fruits and vegetables, etc. but it takes water. So it can be very, very wet uh, there. Um, so, I, I, you know, that March through September, I know that uh, Mr. Traveler has a group cruise in March, uh, going to Hawaii in 2025. And which is a great time of year because it, it can be a little bit cooler in that mid to high 70s temperatures, but it can get a little windy. 
Um, we have our group cruise going in September. It can be warmer, but less windy. And what people have to realize that is that Hawaii is the most secluded location or secluded island chain in the world. There's no other land uh, or, or, or land mass within 2,500 miles of Hawaii. So if you're leaving, we'll say you're leaving Los Angeles and you're going to fly to Hawaii, you're looking at five and a half hours or so. If you're leaving Japan, you're looking at five and a half to six hours as well. Japan to Hawaii is probably going to be a little bit longer because of the possibility of headwinds, trade winds, as they call it. Um, now, when you go to Hawaii from the mainland, going to it, it's five and a half hours. Going back, you're looking at six because of those trade winds. Uh, the winds, even though you're, you're traveling, flying 35,000 feet, the winds are still that high. Um, you know, although it's a, a U.S. state, you know, a lot of people probably don't think of, a, of the states as lush and tropical, but because of the precipitation, uh, there are many locations in Hawaii that still are wild and lush and tropical. Even in on Oahu, you've been there with me to Oahu, mm -hmm. there are parts of that island, and the big island, island is the same way, different microclimates. You know, you've got Waikiki Beach, which is beachy, and it's, I won't say it's lush, but it's tropical, tropical because of the water and the waves. Then you can go to the west end of the island, and it's semi-desertous. Or if you take the interstate and then take either uh, H2 or the Liki Liki Highway, you go up through the Kualao Mountains, and you end up on the other side of the island, and it's called the Windward Side. And it it's Windward Side for a reason, because there's more winds there, and it's lush and tropical and green. The Highway to Heaven uh, is on that side. I don't know if that's open anymore, but it's still there. So... You know, my favorite place in the world, Mr. Traveler and I have a group cruise scheduled there for 2025. But, you know, you can go there and visit an island for a week and and we'll probably want to go back to another island. And that's why the, the cruise is so special because you get to see uh, multiple islands. And the last thing. We have something that most people probably don't even think about is a closed loop cruise. Right, right. So. Most of our listeners um, that cruise will probably get this, but uh, I know that, you know, I've, I've been contacted by some people who are new cruisers and might not understand what a closed-loop cruise is. So there's two types of cruises. The one that I, I'm fo focusing on here is because you don't need to have a passport, and it's still recommended, but don't have to, is a closed-loop cruise. And what that is is, and I'll give you an example. Say you're getting on the Mardi Gras, the, the Carnival's Mardi Gras ship, right? And you're leaving out of Port Canaveral. And you go for seven or eight nights. And you go to, we'll say, seven-night Eastern Caribbean, San Juan, St. Martin, St. Thomas. And you come back to the same port of Port Canaveral. That's a close-ended cruise. Or say you take a shorter cruise out of Miami that hits up Nassau and maybe, uh, what's the other one? Freeport. Freeport, perfect. Goes back to Miami. That's a close-ended cruise. Now, say you get in, uh, say you take a princess cruise and you get in, get on the ship uh, in uh, Fort Lauderdale 
you go down, yeah, 12, 14 nights, right? And you go down, you go through Panama Canal, all the way to the Pacific side, and you end up in San Diego, or vice versa, San Diego, Panama Canal to Fort Lauderdale. That's an open-ended cruise. That cruise you have to have a passport for. Now, this is not determined by the cruise lines. This is determined by Department of Justice and immigration. That's the rules that the U.S. government has set for U.S. citizens. So if you want to go on a cruise, bang, if you go on a cruise and you don't have a passport, you can still go on a cruise. It just has to be a close in a cruise, leaves from one port and returns to that same port. So it's, it's pretty simple, um, less checking when you do an open-ended cruise. It's a little more stringent, you know, uh, as far as reporting information and, and proving your citizenship. Well, to me, closing closed-loop cruises would just be easier because it's less flight coordinations, less time because you leave and come from the same airports and everything. Oh, definitely. And open-ended, you have to make new arrangements for new flights for a whole different state. So I just think a closed-loop cruise would be the easiest in the first place. Right, but it's it. Honestly. Don't you see less stuff though, maybe? Well, yeah, it's a perfect, the, the example that I use, you know, go to, from Fort Lauderdale, go all the way through the Panama Canal and you end up in San Diego. You know, on, on that 14 night cruise on, on the Atlantic side, you know, you're probably going to have three or four ports. Right. And on the Pacific side, you know, you're going to get to see Mexican ports that on a seven night Mexican Riviera, you are not going to be able to see. Right. So, you know, on a 14 night, you'll probably roughly get on that, on that itinerary, you're probably going to end up with like six to eight sea days. So if you got 14, nine, you got six sea days, you, you know, you still got seven ports, eight ports to right. see. So what, you know, your point is very valid. Uh, you're going to be able to see more ports on that. You're just going to start and end in, in two separate locations. Um, I was trying to think if I could think of anything else. But, you know, I just wanted us to have something out there short and sweet. I, I, I personally, you know, we got, Jen's got a busy work week this week, and, and I got some stuff I'm working on for travel. But I, I still might put out a, something short this week just so that we have you know, a couple things out this week that, you know, are short but still able, people able to listen to while they're driving or something. Um, also, I believe I've got a couple uh, podcasts. A uh, couple guests set up for the next couple podcasts. Of course, we, we spoke with Matt and Kimber last week, mm-hmm. um, and they'll be back next weekend. So I'm gonna give them a week, or, you know, a week or so to decompress after saying goodbye to family and friends and enjoying their new married life together. Um, I believe I've got a uh, a former uh, customer who's now an agent of his own, but he sees a different side to travel and cruising that, that I, that we can't see as a solo cruiser, um, as somebody with some mobility issues as well. So I think, uh, we're going to bring him on here in the next couple of weeks. That's Shannon. Um, I'm still working on some other guests cause I'd, I'd like to have more guests in, involved with us. As we move forward with this podcast, um, I don't think I have anything else. Do you have anything you want to add? I don't think so. I think you you covered a lot of it, and I know a lot of people getting a passport can be a little time consuming and stressful, and can take longer than you think. So sometimes knowing your options if you don't want to obtain one 
or you're missing some documents, you need to get one. Sometimes it's easier to know what your options are if you don't want to get one or not. Some people aren't able to get one. So it's nice to know your options without having one. Yeah, and, and including everything that you said just now, you know, like where we're at now, where we live in this region, since the pandemic, I don't believe they've reopened those passport offices, those federal uh, facilities. So I don't know. I went to the post office. Yes, but say it's a last-minute thing. Oh, yeah, I don't know, because I think some of those offices were, like, in airports and stuff. I don't know if they reopened. So, like, if, if uh, you know, free advertisement, although he doesn't need it, Doug Parker uh, on um, Cruise uh, Cruise Radio, I know he recently, some months back, had, or maybe even last year, he had to renew his passport last minute. And I want to say he, and he's in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. You know, I would have thought it would have been easy, like, to go to the state capitol in Tallahassee from Jacksonville. No, he had to go to Atlanta to redo it in person. So, you know, it it could be really difficult for somebody who is planning something last minute with friends and family, and and they don't have the ability to get a passport in a a real timely manner. Or I know there's services to do it. But you know, a, a passport in its in its own is not a not a cheap like, thing. I think it's a couple hundred dollars. Yeah, and then if you try to add those, you know, go you go to a company who rushes it for you, who does the legwork for you, mm-hmm. you know, you could be four or five hundred dollars into it. So you know, they they might want to do that. Um, remember though, the thing the the locations that I did mention today, except for um, Hawaii and a and a closed loop cruise. Now these are all locations. Um, are places that you're going to want to fly to, right? So these are not cruises, although although the Virgin Islands, uh, the Virgin Islands, Puerto Rico, uh, yeah, those, eh, those locations, uh, the Virgin Islands, St. Croix, St. John's, St. Thomas, Puerto Rico, you can get a cruise to from Florida. But um, and if you're in Viejas, you can be able to take a, you know, I guess a, a ferry or a shuttle over the island. But American Samoa, Guam, uh, the Northern Mariana Islands, you know, those are are locations that you're going to fly to and spend some time at. Um, so I just want to make sure I didn't confuse anybody. So um, cruises. Uh, go to those islands, have a great time, enjoy the cultures, the food and the culture. Um, I, you know, I, I've done travel in the Pacific and, and the Polynesian and Micronesian culture are really good people. Um, great food, great history, world history in those locations. So go out there and, and have a great time. If you want to contact us, we have a couple ways. You can search us on Facebook. Just search Sea Dazed. And if you'd like to email us, you can just email us at Sea Dazed, which is S-E-A-D-A-Z-E-D at Yahoo.com. And I want to start off with, I'll let Jen finish it in her normal fashion, but I always end up going at the end. But I want to, I want to go today and just say, everybody, you know, enjoy your travels. Um, kids are back in school. Be safe and everybody stay healthy. And we will see you later. Have a good one, guys.